Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Sex, Lies, and Spray Tans with me, Cheryl Burke, and iHeartRadio Podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to Sex, Lies, and Spray Tans. I am here to do week three of Dancing with the Stars' review. And, you know, as always, I will be, I promise to be as, you know, honest as I can. And um, we'll just call it as it is, because you definitely can come to this podcast if you would like to hear the honest truth that most people may take offense to. But at the end of the day, an opinion is an opinion. Like you said, we all got one. And uh, yeah, I just tend not to sugarcoat, as you know. Thank you for all of your love and support through my time so far on sex lies and spray tans and because of all of you we made it to top five of the top shows so far i think as of just a couple of days ago we've been like t- kind of teeter-tottering between you know five fifth place and like eighth and then tenth place but right now we're currently in the number five spot yep that's right um and it's all because of you guys so thank you so much for all of your love and support i'm having a freaking blast doing this and i really truly believe the celebs and anyone else i've had on has it's been an a platform for people just to let it all out you know no judgment they have a solid hour with me we talk things through i totally get where they're coming from and they have closure Right. So, and also more importantly, it just takes you guys, the fans behind the scenes with us, just going down memory lane. That's all. But before I get into the competition for week three, you know, I'd like to first send my love and condolences to Mary Lou Retton and her family. Many of you know Mary Lou as an Olympic gold winning gymnast. And for all of the Dancing with the Stars fans, cast, crew, you know, et cetera. We also were very privileged enough to get to know her when she was a contestant on Dancing with the Stars season 27, which, you know, was only five years ago. Unfortunately, Mary Lou, who is only 55 years of age, is currently fighting for her life. 
where People.com reported and wrote about this only just a few hours ago. And Mary Lou is actually in the ICU right now with a rare form of pneumonia. Her beautiful daughter, McKenna, you know, shared the news on her Instagram and and quoted, My amazing mom, Mary Lou, has a very rare form of pneumonia and is fighting for her life. She's not able to breathe on her own. She's been in the ICU for over a week now. Out of respect for her and her privacy, I will not disclose all details. However, I will disclose that she is not insured. We ask that if you could help in any way that one, you pray, and two, if you could help us with finances for the hospital bill, which McKenna wrote in a message on the fundraising page and continued that the spot fund page is dedicated to her mother to help raise a goal of $50,000. You know, as of Tuesday, 109 donors had already contributed nearly $8,000. You know, my heart hurts and it's heavy at the moment. And my love goes out to Mary Lou and her four beautiful daughters. And I'd like to share my last interaction I personally had with Mary Lou, which was just a short but like sweet text exchange almost a year ago you know, around end of November of 2022. Mary Lou's text to me said, I follow you on social media. I want you to know, Cheryl, what an inspiration you are to me. Trying to raise my four daughters to be like you. Hashtag strong woman. Hashtag love you. Oh my God, I have chills right now. My heart and prayers go out to Mary Lou and her family. And I'm sending all of my love and strength to you and know you know, to her daughters that your mom was and will always be a fighter, as you know, and is one of the strongest women that I personally know. And I'm sending so much love, light and strength to the family. And again, for everyone listening, if you can, and if it's possible for you, please go to the Spot Fund page and donate and help Mary Lou and her family out. And at the very least, please, I'm begging you, keep Mary Lou and her four daughters in your prayers. Motown Definitely felt like that as soon as the show opened with that great and awesome pro number choreographed by Jamal Sims. Great job, you know, portraying Motown and Ballroom. Saw some new faces, which was a nice surprise. I love seeing Peta and Brandon and Brandon having his solo moment at the top there. He just looked so cool. Um, I also loved Emma. She looked absolutely insanely gorgeous, but I didn't recognize her at all until actually she came down this, that like soul train thing with Mauricio, who actually that smile, Mauricio, if you're listening or anyone that knows you, that's what I'm talking about. You look like you're having just a good old, great time, authentic smiling. You know, you just seemed shockingly relaxed, actually. And that's just the way to, you know, continue on this path of the show. And Lele, you look stunning. Sochi is wearing ballroom shoes. I noticed that right away and looks so beautiful. Can't wait to see what they have in store for us tonight. Charity looking stunning. Welcome back, Artem. Britt and Adrian looking as cool as a cucumber. Same thing goes for Adrian. That was an amazing, just like, what a great facial expression. You're opening the show. You look great. You look comfortable. You know, you even, though you and Britt weren't even looking at each other, you could tell there was already more of a connection than I've seen in the first two weeks. Um, Julianne looks gorgeous. I love the host dancing with the pros and celebs. I got chills. Again, I love the fusion of like cha-cha, East Coast, West Coast swing and jive. And I love the throwback Motown vibe and general. 
This is just a preference, but for me, for an opening number, I was hoping for like Aretha Franklin or something that like pops a little bit more. That's like, I don't know. It's just, it's just my preference, you guys. This is not being negative, but anyway, something that makes you just want to get your ass off the chair and dance while watching the pros do their thing, you know? I see Michael Strahan at the judges table, who I adore, but after, you know, being so used to three judges the first two weeks, I'm a little nervous that the main three judges won't have time to express their feelings or thoughts, but we shall see. You know, Michael, I, I, like I said, I adore him. He's a big teddy bear. And I hope that he actually, you know, gives his own opinion and constructive criticism tonight. Um, you know, the costumes, hair, makeup were on point as they have week in and week out so far this season. And shout out to Ray Chu and his amazing band as well. So solid opening number. Loved the ballroom meets Motown vibe. Let's get started. Couple number one, Barry and Pita dancing a tango, ballroom tango, not Argentine tango. So Barry, you know, he's got a lot of charisma. I mean, this man is charming as shit and he looked so confident and he was really like, you could tell he, <laughs> tango is a very restricted dance. You know, you got to stay in hold. And as soon as he got there, you know, and as soon as I saw Peta counting out loud or mouthing the counts or yelling at him, one of the two, um, you know, being a pro for so many seasons, I totally get it. And I understand, you know, when your celeb may get too excited and dance faster than the music, a little advice, um, you know, take it or leave it so that the audience at home, you know, or judges don't see you mouthing or yelling the counts out loud. You know, with all of my celeb partners on the show, one of the things that I teach prior to the premiere is a little body awareness and awareness of just me or, you know, the pro dancer you are dancing with and discuss basically between the two of you what that is exactly with each other. You know, before we would go live with every partner, I would always remind them, it's just me, you, and the music. Meaning, don't worry about the cameras. You know, you don't necessarily have to dance with somebody and look at somebody. Like, meaning you don't have to look at somebody in order to dance with somebody. You have to just be aware that there is somebody there connected to you, right? dancing with you. Awareness is so key and it's something that I think that they were missing tonight. I, you know, I think Barry is a true performer, obviously, and he connects with people at home and he connected with me tonight. But again, this, the challenge is ballroom dancing. And with that, you've got to zone in on what this style of dance is that you had this week, which was a ballroom tango. It's all about the frame. There are rules. You cannot break frame. You know, in going back to this whole thing about mouthing, you know, the counts or whatever, I would honestly tell my celeb that, you know, for example, if you feel me squeeze your hand really tight or you feel my nails <laughs> like dig into your skin or if you feel my hand slap your shoulder or anywhere on your body, that means you need to slow down. Or in general, you know, just connect with me more. So you're not necessarily, you know, I understand that they're in the tank, they're doing tango and you're not looking at each other because you're in frame. But, you know, in any case, it doesn't matter. Connect, I think is the big word for the two of you. Connect without making eye contact, you know, and I would also practice this during rehearsal, especially like a day or two before going live. Don't talk, just dance let the mess ups happen, but see if he's aware of what you're doing. See if he's aware of also your timing. Cause you know, these celebs, 
they go off. <laughs> they're so excited at understandably so, but they're also have to follow what the pro dancer is doing as far as timing goes. If, if PETA is not dancing to that timing, Barry, then you shouldn't be, especially when doing symmetrical type dancing and partnering. You know, it's a poker face. And when you see the pro counting their celebin, my first impression of that, and I'm sure I'm not alone when I say that this is, he's already messed up, basically. That's my first impression. So on a technical side, I would have loved to see less fragmented execution, which is hard when doing ballroom tango. And in general, Barry, a little bit more arrogance, like still keeping your spine straight. You know, tango's hard because it's like your bottom half is the complete opposite than your top half. Your bottom half you know, has to really stay down and you can't have rise and fall in tango. You have to be stocky and you have to be like, there's like this attack, yet there's this stocky feeling to it. Um, look, it's a restricted dance. You have to stay in ballroom hold. If Len was here, he would have gotten them on breaking hold a little before the halfway mark. But again, you know, I want to remind you guys that I'm doing this review prior to seeing what the judges say. So not sure if they'll be called out or not, but I give them a five. And I don't want to give them a five, but I do. Okay, I'm coming back on here again, because I just heard the judges uh, comments. And I the only judge I agreed with is Carrie Ann. At the end of the day, you know, I'm seeing what I'm seeing on the TV screen. I don't know what the judges are seeing. I know they have a screen in inside their desk or something. I don't know. Regardless, it's just out of my control. At the end of the day, there were mistakes. And no, I don't believe that frame or ballroom is his strongest dance or style. It's the Latin by far. And yes, the frame is a big, 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 um, <laughs> it's a big part of the tango. And Pita was counting out loud, which means that he was off. So look, maybe they had a great dress rehearsal. Um, but you know, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't agree with most of what they just said. Couple number two, Lele and Brandon. Okay. So, Great character of the dance, awesome storytelling, obviously loved the moments of like hip hop and, you know, when they actually got into the chorus of it all. Obviously, both of them felt more comfortable doing that than the actual cha-cha. Look, Lele looked a little insecure from the moment she made that little mess up at the top of the routine, which took her and me as the audience member and fan out of character. And she basically just gave it away in the eyes. And like I said last week, mess up, but move on. Don't show it in your face. Because again, if you wouldn't have shown it in your face, I wouldn't have seen it because it was, it was a close up of your face. So whatever the step was, I can't even tell you because I the camera itself didn't have a full body shot on you, FYI. So that's my point. When you mess up, just know most likely no one saw it. But if you continue on with showing it on your face, then you give it away. Again, the cha-cha is a fun, flirty dance between you and your partner, not you, your partner, and the camera. So if she would have been maybe a little more aware of Brandon, meaning like don't switch direction until Brandon leads you to do so, that's what lead and follow is. It's not the man pulling you and pushing you around the dance floor or dancing for you. It's about changing your direction, literally. So if you would have been a little bit more aware, I guess, of, you know, your pro partner, this wouldn't have happened. Also, you know, 
if you can actually try and surrender to Brandon and trust the process and practice this. So Brandon also has to be aware of this. I promise that this couple will go far. You know, I would have loved to see a little bit more basic cha-cha content. And I was looking forward to it, seeing the package. It was a tease about, you know, the devils in the detail. But as far as I'm concerned, I didn't see that. You know, I loved seeing the cha-cha runs in the beginning, the New Yorkers, which are all in the technique book. Um, she had beautifully, you know, straightened legs, you know, in the New Yorkers, which is awesome and hard to do and beautiful arms extending out behind her body. There was one section where, you know, her feet were noticeably coming off the floor, which looked very like choppy and steppy and distracting, though maybe it may be the style that they were going for. But with two sections of hip hop in the routine of their cha-cha, when actually wanting to show the challenge of the week, which was to perform a cha-cha-cha, it's vital you show the difference, right, between the two. I would have loved to see a continuous lockstep, for example, and more just isolation with her pelvis and hip action. You know, the tone of the routine stayed the same for me and Brandon, who I can say is one of the most musical pros that we have, you know, when he hears music, he hears it differently, but in a good way, which is probably something, you know, you either can't teach or was taught maybe when he was being trained in different styles of dance. And I saw moments of it and uh, through Brandon, but I'm not sure if what he heard in this piece of music specifically was expressed through, you know, communication with one another. Spins. When doing spins in general, all a spin is... FYI is just pivoting from one foot to the other foot and doing so without losing balance and with spotting wherever you choose to spot most likely should be your partner. You know, spins and pivots will be in every single dance multiple times. So Brandon, you know, if you're hearing this, I would teach Lele how to pivot and spin on her own two feet and do so on the balls of her feet, alternating from foot to foot. And then, you know, as as always, work your way up the body and end with drilling her on how to spot. Lele looked like she was a little off balance, which I can only assume is because I didn't see much isolation or settling of the hips. In Latin styles of dance, it is necessary that from the waist down you rest or settle your full body weight onto one leg in order to create maximum hip action. And in order for that to be achieved, you have to relax and breathe. And when I saw Lele do the hip rolls, for example, she was so high and her energy was going the opposite way that it needed to go, which would be down into the hardwood floor, or else you're not going to see any isolation, not up towards the ceiling, right? She looked very stiff, oddly stiff, actually. So I give Lele and Brandon a six. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) 
What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Elia Connie and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for deliverance. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Talk about redemption, Mauricio and Emma. Wow, they dance a foxtrot. Okay, so biggest improvement so far for me in this competition as a whole and in comparison to the other couples from week one until right now, week three. Mauricio's demeanor and calm and cool attitude that was super authentic and that was so refreshing to see. And it came, you can tell his facial expressions and his just what he was exuding came from his soul. And it was not put on. It wasn't manufactured. It was exactly what was needed through his actual technique and delivery, you know. And though the delivery was fragmented at times, you know, it was sustained throughout the dance. It was consistent. You know, the dance and the character of the Foxtrot is of cool confidence, you know, not cocky and a pure joy to watch. And that's exactly what it felt like for me watching Emma and Mauricio. Now, when it comes to uh, technique in general, his frame was surprisingly strong, but strong for a dance like ballroom tango. Like Barry could have used his frame or maybe asked for some pointers on how to hold his frame for when he danced ballroom tango tonight. But now in the Foxtrot, what's a little bit different is that it's important to glide across the floor, right? You never want to pick up your feet. You want to glide across the floor. Yes, there's rise and fall, but I hate teaching rise and fall because it looks like a cork 
like a little corkscrew or cork that is going up and down in the ocean. We don't want that to happen. It's, it, it's all controlled by your ankles, legs, and feet, right? So it's important to not have such a rigid frame like you presented tonight, Mauricio. So keep that frame though in your back pocket for when you are assigned ballroom tango. In the Foxtrot Quick Step, for example, waltz, Viennese waltz, your left hand, the one holding Emma's hand, the tips of your fingertips need to be placed more at a 45 degree angle, okay? And basically, you want to look like as if you're looking at the time if you were wearing a watch. But I know Emma knows that. And I also know that she drilled this routine and frame into your body like a drill sergeant, for sure. And with limited amount of time, you know, that we have to get you guys ready for the live show, I know she did the best that she could. And, you know, it's great because it it establishes an amazing foundation that you can now always refer back to moving forward. I would also say when it comes to your spine, when you're in ballroom hold, you're uh, breaking your frame by just looking straight ahead instead of looking a little bit towards that 45 degree angle, like past the fingertips, right? I always say nipples to balcony, nipples to the skybox. Sorry, <laughs> I'm trying to like move, but you guys can't see me. So there's no point of that. Anyway, the point is, is that you guys are solid, great improvement. It, you are the redemption of the night, I believe. And great work, kids. My score for Mauricio and Emma, a seven. I'm not one to comment, especially when it comes to scores, because my score is normally either on the lower side. But like, again, the judges, like Derek giving him a five after like the compliments. I think it's a, I think we need to figure this out because it's like, it's almost like you're waving a piece of meat in our face. But I understand that it's also like constructive. It's like, it wasn't even constructive criticism because there was no criticism. I mean, yes, of course he could have glide more across the dance floor, but I maybe I'm more shocked by Bruno's five. I have no idea. I agree with Carrie Ann. Again, my score was a seven, but like, you know, if you're going to give someone a five, you better give them the notes that they need in order to go back into the rehearsal space and work on it so that the five can then turn into a higher number. Couple number four, Jason and Daniela. Okay, so I loved seeing Jason rehearse and sing his steps. Brilliant for what he does as a singer, but also brilliant coaching on Daniela's part as she is what I mean when I say Adapt your teaching style to your celebrity partner and do not go into the, you know, the room as a coach with the expectation, right, that your celebrity has to adapt to you. Your teaching style, you know, is really important and it has to be flexible. So, you know, the pros have to figure out the language that best suits their celebrity every single season as far as coaching goes. No two celeb contestants are obviously the same as no two people in general are the same. Everyone learns differently. So it makes, as a pro dancer who's done this for multiple seasons, 26 seasons, it it makes it exciting and challenging for me, at least, when I would walk into the room and figure out what that was for that specific person. So if you just switch your mentality on, you know, what can I do to make what I am trying to teach and communicate to my celebrity partner as easy as possible, it just brings a different perspective to the show, I think, in general. You know, what a freaking cool jive. And I am not one to say jive is cool. I personally, it's not my favorite. I'm not going to say I hate it, but it's just not my favorite. But the way that Daniela and Jason executed this dance was 
effing perfection. And it was so damn musical. It gave me chills throughout my body and left me wanting so much more. Again, I feel like they're getting the shit end of the stick with like music that is obviously shorter, but that's not the case. Everyone's music is around the same time. So obviously the Keds or street shoes, you know, Jason was wearing isn't my preference. I get it's a whole character thing. It would have looked weird with like Cuban Latin heels, but there are shoes that can be custom made if planned out prior to the live show, like the next day, like meaning like five, six days before the live show. Um, it would have been, it would have looked the same, honestly, if you wore like white leather Latin heels, but not a Cuban heel, but there are like shorter Latin heels. But and, you know, it would have just made his clicks, his kicks and flicks would have been sharper, more precise. But the natural tick and rhythm rhythm that he portrayed was absolute perfection. Meaning when two dancers can show you their interpretation of what the music makes them feel through their body language and the movement of their bodies without having to translate that into words for you, that is true artistry at its finest. I know Jason mentioned stamina as Jive is high energy, but what I said about like Lele and Brandon needing more of that musical dynamic is exactly what Jason and Daniela executed tonight in the ballroom. My score only because it's week three, I give them an eight and they get minus one point for the kids that he wore or street shoes. Couple number five, Allison and Sasha. Okay, so Allison has definitely improved as well since her salsa week one. Like, you can't compare. Now, what I'm going to say next is, again, just preference, but I hate gimmicks, especially when it takes four bars, meaning four counts of eight counts, until you finally get started with the dance. Especially after seeing the couples I have seen so far tonight just put in pure content right? Now, I don't know who decides on the creative and if the pro dancers even have a say anymore as to what they do, like at the top of their routines or just the creative as a whole. Because prior to Conrad coming back, the showrunner now, you know, the previous showrunner, all I can say is that the pro dancers did not have a choice. So there is honestly just no one to blame. That's irrelevant as I'm just calling it as I see it. So as far as the Foxtrot goes, I would have liked to see just more power through the legs and feet in general, as that is equivalent to the, you know, gas pedal for anyone listening when driving. So the glide that, you know, the judges refer back to in the Foxtrot, the power, the energy of the Foxtrot and any dance on this show for that matter comes from one place and one place only, your legs. There has always been this debate on the show as to who has the harder job. Is it the male pro or the female pro? Well, I stand by my opinion, and also, uh, mind you, Pasha as well agrees with me, and it hasn't changed, that the female pros have it way harder. Though I see both sides, for sure, but in dances like the ballroom dances, like Foxtrot, Ballroom Tango, Viennese Waltz, etc., the power most definitely comes from the person leading, which in this case, in this specific dance and performance, is Sasha. So as far as elegance and frame, though, from Allison, it was good I mean, could it be better? Yes. Could she have extended maybe and elongated her rib cage or widened her rib cage more? Yes. But what I'd like to see from this couple in general, just as a couple, and I wish that now that I'm like really observing the show, I really wish the judges would say something to us pro dancers because honestly, 50% of this partnership is the pro dancer, if not more, because they are a direct product of what we teach them. 
Regardless if you get help or not, it's irrelevant. The celebrity trusts the person who was assigned to them, which is the pro partner, right? The pro dancer. So, you know, at the end of the day, yes, of course, all of this stuff could be better. But when it comes to like, for example, what what I love to see from this couple is just more power, but not like physical, like not through the actual muscles, let's say in the arms, for example, not like pulling physically, pushing physically. The power from what I mean is from using each other's body weight to your benefit. You know, Sasha knows what I mean, but I'm going to try and translate this into words. Like when counterbalancing, really do it to its maximum so that if you were playing like, for example, ring around the rosy, remember that when you were a little kid? So if one person lets go of that ring around the rosy, we all fall down, right? So same when two people counterbalance each other when ballroom dancing. But first, regardless of any of what I just said, a sense of ultimate trust needs to be developed within the partnership and a willing to want to take risks. Anyway, this is a deeper conversation. Overall, solid performance from what the actual, from when the actual, excuse me, Foxtrot started. So my score for Allison and Sasha, a six. Couple number six, Tyson and Jenna. So for me, best dance as a whole for Tyson, but unfortunately, there were just so many moments of um, him looking really awkward. I appreciate Jenna's in, you know, teaching style this week, especially incorporating syllabus, meaning like recognizable foxtrot steps that you would see in the Latin technique book that is used for, you know, taking metal tests, metals tests for like real pro-am competitors, as well as the book you need to study to become an adjudicator, which I know firsthand as I got my certificate to be one um, when it comes to like real ballroom dance competition competitions actually like months before I got the call to do Dancing with the Stars. Anyway, the tricky part about Dancing with the Stars is this, is that you technically only have three days before you have to turn in wides, wides, okay? Remember that word, to the director, which is basically your full routine for the following live show day, which is now on a Tuesday, which means by Friday, right? The pro dancer and celeb has to at least know the skeleton of their actual routine um, sooner than what you guys think. So let me break it down for you. Tuesday is the live show. For me, I choreographed and mapped out my next week's routine that same night of the live show, which means by the time the show ends and we finish press, I go straight to a dance studio and choreograph. So come Wednesday, when I walk into the studio to see my partner, I at least know the majority of the routine or what I want it to look like with no detail being added to it until I see that my celebrity is capable of accomplishing what I choreographed for him. You know, you can't do detail without the foundation or knowing it at least. Then Wednesday, you do heart to hearts, which is when you have a conversation with each when, when you have a conversation with each other, right, to it basically in the studio and it's shot with like two to three cameras and you basically discuss your previous performance. Um, and, you know, from then you intro your next dance that you were assigned and the goal that you basically want to want to achieve when it's time to dance live again the following week. Then you have maybe two to three hours of that of rehearsal time at the most to actually teach your celeb his first, his or her first step. So my goal always that day is to teach the skeleton of the routine that I choreograph from top to bottom, have my celeb film me do his or her steps, or in my case, his steps, and expect him to study the video so that come Thursday, we can start to add the different layers. And by end of rehearsal on Thursday, the goal is to roughly dance this routine to music. Because, you know, first of all, when I say roughly, I mean like roughly, (laughs) 
because by Friday, the director wants our wides and rarely takes no for an answer. So Saturday, so you shoot your wides, you're most likely so frustrated and you feel like this is never going to come together, right? Saturday, you add the detail needed. But if you have changes, it better be small ones as your wide is already sent to the director who has already choreographed his cameras and camera shots for when camera blocking happens and when the live show happens, which is always the day prior to the live show as far as blocking goes. Sunday, you basically run it and you run it and you run it over and over and over and over again until a miracle hopefully happens when the choreography finally and some may say magically happens for you and your partner so that by Monday or sorry, so that by Tuesday, maybe I'm getting this all backwards. I think I keep forgetting that the show's on Tuesday. Anyway, so you run it sun- Sunday, Monday's blocking, right? And then on that day, you better be able to focus on the performance, knowing like where the cameras will be. Ideally, you're not dancing to the cameras, but maybe there's a part like, for example, Jason and Daniela, you know, there's a part where there's a close up of Jason. Obviously, he had to you know, acknowledge the camera or the people at home with that one move. But other than that, you do not want to be like actually thinking about what comes next. Like your routine should already be in your body, which is what I mean by why I love dancing with athletes because they go home and they study and they don't leave. They don't move on in their lives until they finally understand what this choreography is and how they mapped it out in their head. You know, For example, like with Emmett Smith, he would go home and study. We only had four hours of rehearsal. And some people may say, how did you only have four hours? Well, he went home and did more homework because that's really what it is. I know the routine, but do you? You know, that's all work that needs to be done at home. You can't just leave it at the dance studio and you're done. Take the mic off and you can go and have fun and party with your friends. That's not how it works. You know, so basically you want to be able to focus on the performance side by blocking. So you better know this backwards and forwards as far as your choreo goes. And, you know, it has to be in, in your body. Muscle memory is important. So if you're still thinking about what's next, like what's my next step during blocking days, you're screwed. It's highly likely, you know, that the live show for you will not go well. So how does one with no dance experience learn technical steps? Like, for example, steps in the foxtrot, like hairpins. You guys have no clue what I'm saying, but it's a, a step that I saw Tyson and Jenna do. Feather finishes and maintain a frame. Like, and actually, and how do you maintain a frame? Actually, you know, trying to do all these weird steps in the celebrities' minds when dancing with someone like Tyson who doesn't have any dance experience at all, you know, two words. Honestly, you don't. You don't add those steps because the Foxtrot is technical and there's like American style version and the international standard version. And they're doing, this show has always done the American style version, which means that you can break hold. So I would, in dances like Viennese Waltz, Foxtrot, those two especially, you can break hold in, take advantage of that and maybe do like more side by side or like shadow position, which is another type of frame, but not as strict and not as like not feeling as stuck, especially with their height difference. This will help when teaching someone like Tyson how to dance and it won't leave him looking as awkward in moments of when he was trying his best. He really was. And I, you know, give him so much credit and Jenna to be you know, an actual ballroom frame when it's not even necessary. It's not even a rule for these, for a foxtrot, for this dance, especially. Anyway, I give them a five. Honestly, I love how I see Tyson already improve. Like there's moments of greatness. Absolutely. I just don't think the content or the challenge of this week, the foxtrot was the best. 
Couple number seven, Charity and Arden. First of all, obviously, you know, it's so great to have Arden back, but it's so great to see Charity comfortable. Like she wasn't trying to overcompensate. I think maybe that's what I saw last week as well. Look, again, they have a ballroom dance. We know that Charity is killing the ballroom dances because she doesn't necessarily have to, you know, like really as far as like face and eyes and eye contact goes that's not necessary as much but because this is american style foxtrot which means you can break hold they have a very cute chemistry right i actually you know if you're going to give um jason a nine i actually did watch the judges comments prior or first before doing this because i just forgot to press pause i guess um but if you're going to give jason a nine then you should be giving charity a nine because you know though different styles she was just as good, right, as Jason, as far as technique goes, and um, just the overall execution. My score, though, is an eight. And I just think, you know, and I think this proves what I've been, my conspiracy theory on scores is that the judges are not comparing you to the other contestants. They're comparing you to you. I've always said this. Like, obviously, when you give Charity an eight, and if you saw Tyson do that, that would be like a 10, right? So I think it's literally, that's all they can do because it's not like a regular competition where you're out on the floor. All the same couples are out on the floor together. The leader, normally the man, will have a number on his back and then you'll be dancing to a random song with the same BPM as what a cha-cha is, for example, but you won't know what the song is. You'll know it has a cha-cha beat to it and then you'll dance for the next 90 seconds with whatever choreography you've already put together for the cha-cha. That's a real competition. Now for this, it is really hard to compare like a Latin dance or judge a Latin dance versus like a jive versus a foxtrot. But as far as quality of movement goes, they're basically on the same level. I prefer style wise, if I were to really compare like Jason and Charity, I prefer Jason because I think the imperfections is what I see with Jason that for me is so beautiful and raw to, and authentic to watch. With Charity, I think her goal is to be perfect. And we all know that's there's no such thing. So, um, but yes, I think that if I were to really dissect everything, her feet and like when you do feather steps, when you do foxtrot, you know, there's a whole technique with using all parts of your foot and really gliding and pushing off that standing leg, which Artem does a great, he's always done a great foxtrot, like as far as choreography goes for celebs and just the way he dances foxtrot as well. Like, that's what I mean by like Sasha and Allison, like Sasha could use more power within his legs and really push off his standing leg and really drive his partner across the floor so that's what i mean like it looks effortless we know it's not but this is why i believe the pro dancer as far as the male goes or the leader goes has a lot easier especially in the ballroom dances anywho just great job you know my score would be an eight hey girlfriends it's me carol fisher i'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of the girlfriends In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. 
with the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy. And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh, great. You see me too. We'll laugh together. We'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Elia Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I've never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Uh, Thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in in a different aspect of my life now. So, How'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Couple number eight, Mira and Gleb. Okay, at first when I heard that they were dancing to Let's Get It On, I didn't know how this was going to go. But they played it classy, Last time I think that this song was played, I was dancing with Gilles. And yes, I did choreograph for us to roll around on the floor. And yes, we got called out by Mr. Len Goodman for being too raunchy, which is the way my rumbas always tend to go towards um, as I was coached for it to be really like sensual. That was just the way I was coached. So obviously you are who you're coached by in the ballroom world. Anyway, Beautiful leg action, classy, elegant, not too sexy to where you wanted to turn the other way, but believable and real. There was an authenticity about their emotion together as two people. That leg flick, though, at the bar, oh, God, I wish I had those legs. I mean, she is just gorgeous. The only mishap that I saw, honestly, I saw some great recognizable figures, a la Manas, Back Basics, Rumba Walks freaking opening out it was the it was the opening out actually it was the transition 
Mira, don't be scared to use Gleb. Gleb, I would say, is probably one of the most sensual dancers uh, as far as the pro male dancers go, right? Like, he can take quite a lot, even body weight. So don't be afraid to give him your body weight. Like, don't be light. I, I, I think Gleb believes this, but like, there's nothing worse than feeling somebody who is as light as a feather because you want to use like the weight, like body weight, like Pasha, when I danced with Pasha for, you know, like last season, we did a lot of pro numbers together. When you use each other's body weight to the max and you're not scared of it or scared of giving it, the power that can come from the two of you is the reason why ballroom dancing is ballroom dancing. And it's so beautiful because you can't do that solo dancing, right? You want to be able, the speed that we get as ballroom dancers and the precision and the detailing of everything the fast spins comes from each other's body weight and that's it you can't do that on your own right so that's the next step but good on you you look confident you came out you weren't scared of messing up at all you did it congratulations you guys looked so beautiful together what a great interpretation of what the rumba is about to a song that could have gone the opposite way like I, like I did. <laughs> I'm not saying that that was better by any means. Yours is way better. But beautiful leg action. I mean, honestly, you look like a dancer. Now, just take it to the next level. I give Mira and Gleb a seven. Couple number nine, Ariana and Pasha. Well, first of all, I can totally relate to Ariana's story about her dad. I also lost my dad, so I know how much this dance must have meant to her and her family. And to be honest, I agree with, you know, I had to watch the judge's remarks and I'll tell you why in a minute here. But like, you know, I agree with the authenticity of the emotion definitely came out because it there was an intention behind it. Like, you know, this this dance specifically was dedicated to her dad. I, I don't know because I'm not obviously a part of the show anymore, but I don't know if there's still rules. Now, there was two ballroom dances that for sure you're not allowed to break hold in. And for sure it was ballroom tango, like what you saw, for example, Barry and Pasha, or sorry, Barry and Pita dance. And then it is quick step, meaning you can break hold for five to 10 seconds at the top. And again, five to 10 seconds only at the end of the dance. Now, if that rule still implies and no one called them out, then shame on the judges. But, you know, when they were in hold, which was only, I counted, about three full bars of eight, which is not a lot, so, which means the majority of the quick step was um, not real standard, international standard quick step, then um, that alone, just the actual like technical part of, of it, Yes, there was no body contact. Derek is right. And again, I don't know what shoes <laughs> she was wearing, but the reason why she was able to like really use the floor and like be able to, the reason why they were able to like really use the power is because she was in flats or maybe teaching shoes or like, I, I don't know what shoes she was in, but it, it broke the leg line. I loved the dress. It was a solid, like traditional quick step feathered dress. But again, like I'm a little bit shocked to see Pasha have choreographed something like that when he is very also strictly ballroom. Um, but maybe the rules have changed. So in that sense, performance was a 10, obviously. It was great. The emotion was there. But on the technical side, I would give it honestly a 7. So I'm going with 
a score of seven for Ariana and Pasha. I am rooting for these people still. Um, but, you know, she's very talented. And so, therefore, I'm going to judge her harder than others. Adrian and Britt. Okay, couple number 10. Quick step, his best dance yet. He's starting to come out of his shell. I can see in the package as well. I love the football drills. I can totally relate. And yes, that most likely, most time, most of the time when you see these packages, it's produced and it's not helping by any means. But this package for sure helped Adrian because anytime you can relate ballroom to football or ballroom to, in Jason's case, uh, singing, you know, then this is exactly what I mean, right? You got to be able to speak the celebrity's language. And I think that I could see Adrian and Britt's bond is starting to develop now. And I hope it's not too late. I don't think it is. I don't think he's going anywhere. He's, um, you know, obviously the frame, I mean, look, the content that was included, see, this is the difference between the quick step you saw with Ariana versus the quick step you saw with, with uh, Adrian. I mean, like he was doing full on quick step. And, and that is the challenge. Like, I don't think it was as hard of a routine. Like Ariana's routine wasn't as hard as Adrian's routine because there is restriction. It's, this is the challenge. It's to stay and hold and have body contact. So if you don't do that and you're doing a lot of open side by side stuff, then, you know, you're, you're playing two different fields and levels here. So, you know, props to Brit for making sure that he still danced a proper quick step. Obviously, if Len was here, I'm pretty sure he would have gotten them as well for breaking hold, but not nearly as much as Pasha and Ariana. Now, um, as far as a misstep goes, I did see one. Look, there's so many steps in the quick step. <laughs> it has lots of steps and it's quick. Okay, there you go. It, it Basically, the name of the dance is exactly what the dance is. And I would have liked to see a little bit more of a heel lead at times, but also more of a glide instead of a hoppy quick step, because that is just the hoppiness of a quick step is only just a little bit of a quick step, right? But I loved the, like their interpretation of Motown through ballroom, right? I thought they nailed it. Look, it's his best dance. Keep it up, you guys. I think you're only going to get stronger as far, as far as your relationship and bond goes. Um, you know, Trust the process. It's not about how you start. It's how you finish. So I give Adrian and Britt a seven. Couple number 11, Harry and Riley. Dance to Foxtrot. His best dance for sure. Very smooth. Was a great partner to Riley. I would have liked to see a little bit more content, but honestly, I thought the choreography was, was solid. I would have liked to, instead of, you know, eating up the music with um, tricks, maybe just a little bit more dancing. But again, what a great way to show off what the two of you are best at. You know, he's a great partner for Riley without doing any lifts. You know, obviously there's a lot of floor tricks that you could do and it just visually looked beautiful, aesthetically looked great. You guys have really good chemistry. Almost wonder, is the chemistry also happening off the dance floor? Just kidding. <laughs> but I mean, you guys are super cute together. You know, keep it up. I think Drill Sergeant Riley, you know, you can take uh, the crown from the Taskmaster Burke and you can definitely just run with it, girl. I think it works, you know, and um, sometimes you just got to, he reminds me of Rob Kardashian. You just, you got to, I think one piece of advice, honestly, have Harry make fun of the pro dancers. That's what Rob did. That's what I had Rob do. And then once he was able to, to like make fun of Sasha or like jiggle his butt and just 
kind of just, I embody like all of us dancers, right? Like just say, imagine Val doing this. Like, what would you, what, how would you imitate Val Schmarkowski or watch a video of some of the older pros and say, now pretend you're Max, you know, stuff like that. I think it'll get him out of his shell and out of his head more. Take it or leave it. Solid. Great job. Much improved. My score for Harry and Riley, a six. Last couple of the night. This show is long, but I don't know if it's because of the fourth judge or if it's because there's still 12 couples left. What a great way to end the show. Sochi and Val dancing a foxtrot to my guy. Love the characterization. I love the story. Val's acting skills, spot on. Um, Love the dance shoes, girl. Keep it up. And I love the old school, like standard ballroom dress where back in the day they used to back in Len Goodman's days, rest in peace. Um, you know, his partner, when they would perform most likely wore like dresses like this, right? Like that was like not all the way gowns. It wasn't like to the floor, but it was like three quarter length. Anyway, super cute, totally fit the Motown vibe, gorgeous Sochi. I mean, you look like a movie star out there and though, you know, I think get Zendaya out of the head because you are your own and own it because, you know, you bring something that Zendaya didn't bring, you know, to the dance floor and vice versa. Just own who you are and you and Val make a great couple. The only, I'm only being really like, hopefully this is constructive, but like it is constructive, I think in my eyes, but I would, don't be afraid to extend your body when in frame. Like, I feel like your spine can lengthen up towards the sky, up towards the roof of the ballroom, right? Because it, in a way, I feel like from like the shoulders down, it's perfect. But I feel like your positioning of your head gets kind of um, lingers back, but not as an extension of the body, just because I think maybe Val has like placed your head that way. But it comes from the spine. It comes from the stretching of your rib cage and extending your spine as if your spine went past all the way through your skull, out your skull and to the clouds in the sky. That's what you want to think. You don't want to break the line because I see this with like a lot of pro men. They push their partners and I, you know, in in a nice way, not in an abusive way, but like (laughs) they push their partner's head to make him look left. It's not just that though. You have to, your energy, your chest needs to go up towards the sky. Take it or leave it. Don't know if you're listening to this, but other than that, it was beautiful. Your transitions were freaking seamless because I think because of the dance shoes, but also because you're that good. So um, great way to end the show. I give you both an eight. And the reason I give Sochi and Val an eight, because there was a little mishap from the death drop. I don't know what happened, but like a champ that you are, Sochi, you continued on with the performance and ended strong. You could have easily, you know, gotten caught up in that little mishap, but instead you moved on. The show must go on. Great job. Um, I would have given it a nine if it wasn't for that mishap, but there was a little weird transitioning. Um, I don't know if there was a hand that was supposed to get you up, but, you know, you sold it. I, maybe I'm the only one that sees this because I'm a dancer, but I thought it recovered great. And for that alone, you know, I give you the score that I gave you, which is an eight. 
you know, it's always so sad to see someone go home, especially when you can see that like Tyson really had a great time there. You can tell how much the show has already influenced his life. You saw a different side of Tyson that you never thought, for me at least, my first impression was that maybe he wasn't as silly and as maybe goofy as he was, you know? Normally with, you know, someone who looks like that and someone who's had a career like Tyson, you wouldn't assume that they also don't take themselves too seriously. So I think just alone on his journey, it really opened up other like doors and impressions and my perspective. So I don't know what his goal was, but whether it was to stay on the show for as long as the show lasts up into the finale or just to kind of rebrand or get America to know a different side of Tyson. I thought he did a job well done and he accomplished that. So he can go out knowing that, that, you know, people definitely have a different outlook, but in a positive way when it comes to Tyson. And um, I wish him well, and I will see you next week. Thank you again for tuning in every single week, sometimes twice a week. And I cannot wait for you to listen to the two-parter that starts Monday with my dance dad himself, Mr. Thomas Bergeron. You won't want to miss this one, guys. Until next time, make sure you follow us at Sex Lies and Spray Tans on Instagram. Comment below. Let me know your thoughts. Let me know what maybe you want me to focus on for next week's reviews. I'm here for it. I hear you. I see you. And I love you guys. Make sure you guys follow us at Sex, Lies, and Spray Tans on our Instagram handle and make sure you comment. Let me know who you want me to interview. What do y'all think? Let me know. Hey, girlfriends. It's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.